now we get to talk about an episode in which five score boys hump a fence. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Welcome one, welcome all, to the grandest spectacle on all of the internet. That's right, it's River Do's and River Don'ts, the Riverdale in-depth recap and review podcast where every episode of Riverdale, we tell you our River Do, the thing we like the most about the episode, our River Don't, the thing we like the least about the episode, and our weekly weird, that little bit of effervescent, beautiful, sparkling magic that Riverdale brings that always manages to astound and befuddle today. We are going to be talking about the second episode of the third season, Chapter 37, Fortune and Men's Eyes, directed by Jeff Wollenough and written up by Michael Grassi. I am Quinn, and I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts. Rob. And Arlie. I put way more energy into that than I probably should have. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be a lot to go through in this episode. I gotta tell you, folks, it is a wild one this week. It's like they realized that they didn't get much done in the last one, and they were like, oh, shit, let's let's fix that. They immediately hit the fast forward button. Yeah, like this is... Thick rail of cocaine of jingle jangle, if you will, between previous episode and this one. But the only way to really properly appreciate it is to do our uh, excruciating blow by blow. So I think it's time that we did that. Music break. Beep, 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 beep. That's what the music for this show sounds like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jughead takes us through a first day of school cliche monologue while Archie gets processed for prison, where they initially have you strip and hose you down, then throw something like two cups of flour on you while you're wet. (laughs) Some of it gets right in your face. (laughs) What is the purpose? What is the point? What is they bring a thick towel and sort of beat it off of your face? Whoa, what? (laughs) The guard takes a big, thick towel and crudely smacks it across Archie's face to take it off. The only purpose I can see in there being this particular thing is literally for them to cover them in this powder so they can see how much their abs pop. Yep. It's, um, yeah, we we alluded to it last, uh episode but yeah it's kind of like they just get dusted with powdered sugar like like archie is kind of a a, he would be i think he would be a cinnamon donut and yet that's how archie is like a donut inexplicable just fucking right off the bat what did i just see (sighs) archie is instantly called to see the warden who apparently called him in to show off his embroidered shakespeare quote on the wall yeah. And tell him that there's a music room, but nobody uses it. Cool scene. Thanks. Yep. The warden's weird. The warden. Creepy dude. Don't like him. Kind of a nasty dude. I'm going to say <laughs> the warden is like probably what Dilton would have been like if he grew up. Yeah. 
Um, but we'll get to that. Riverdale Hot Dad Squad plans to track down the thugs who gave false testimony against Archie, who we are given to believe are camping out in the woods. The thing that you always do after you give false testimony. Yeah, there are people who gave false testimony, we just learned, and we learned that both they are camping out in the woods and the Riverdale Hot Dad Squad has contacts that allow them to track the fact that these people are camping out in the woods. I guess Keller used to be the sheriff and he was so bad at it. He was it. awful at his job. I'm not saying he, he doesn't was have the it. ability to I'm gather information. He, he to demonstrated a lack of that ability every episode for a season and a half. Yeah, he had his werewolf conspiracy board and that was about the mm-hmm. best it got. I, d- I didn't Murder say board he was werewolf. Good at it. I just said got he used one to over be the on sheriff. him. That's it. Uh, oh. NFP maybe has serpent contacts. That maybe. at least is like reasonable. So, like in the in the context of the show, we understand that the serpents are in fact everywhere. So right, everywhere. and Fred's just got Absolutely gumption. Fucking everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> so we learned that Betty's seizure turned out to be stress induced. Um. Betty. Okay. Betty acts as though she's still convinced that Polly and Alice burned the babies last night, which means she believes only part of the hallucination she had. She doesn't believe that they floated and were okay. She believes that they were burned. Right. So she literally believes that half of the hallucination she had was true or something implied by the hallucination she had rather than what she actually saw in it was true. Right. You actually see them let go of the babies. And they don't really even fall. They just take off like Superman. And it's like, hey, Polly, what the fuck? You didn't tell me that your babies were Supermans. (laughs) But no, she thinks that they actually burned them. And, and, And further... She's more comfortable accusing her mom and sister of throwing a impromptu baby roast the previous night than she is with going into the room where the babies are and looking at them. Sometimes babies right. are a little freaky. They're such like little, like they're little wrinkly old men. They've got such bad vibes. <laughs> but like, holy shit. She believes one part of a hallucination, not the other part. And though she could easily confirm what the situation was, she's like just sitting there being like, I believe this bad thing happened. It is a lot. Jughead reveals that Dilton Doily is dead, which I am very very upset about i'm super super pissed about this he was supposed to go to prison not die (laughs) not to mention just the arc they built up over the two books with dilton and the blood moon and everything right this is the thing it is a horrible loss to suffer i have to believe that by the time the first book uh the day before was being written Again, sorry for just straight Riverdews and Riverdones listeners. This is so heavily informed by the readings that we've done on pros and cons that we just need to take a quick detour. Nicole Ostow, the author of those books, had to know that Dilton wasn't making it out of the start of season three alive because it is so clear that she was just given this carte blanche control over his character. To like a degree that absolutely was not true of the other characters. You're absolutely right. It is right. obvious how much control she was given over Dilton as compared to other like characters. Like she was able to take him for a joyride because he was going to the dump. And she fucking did it though. Yeah. It's the only good thing in those books. Genuinely. <laughs> I'm so pissed. Yeah, it sucks oh total ass that he's gone. Ben is alive, barely holding on. 
Jughead describes the Gargoyle King ritual site to Betty, and they embark on a couple's investigation. Archie, we catch up on him in hot teen jail. Uh, he's bunking with a... Yeah, he is bunking with a jacked-ass dude named Mad Dog, who is not big on talking. Uh, all he ends up saying is, nice shoes. I'd keep them tied real tight. Which, sadly, later in the episode we learn, doesn't matter and is stupid. But, like, it was a sinister fucking line in this scene. And, like, as I wrote my notes while I watched the show, I said, it sucks to know that they won't pay off the creepy vibe of this scene. And that was that was before I saw the rest of the episode and saw that, no, they do not pay off this creepy vibe. Because, like, keep your shoes tied real tight really suggests that it's like, oh, like, you might be found hanged with your shoelaces. Like, the guards might come in here and murder you, or whatever. Mm, like, much, or there's some really dark shit going on. Like, that's... Th and it's so understated. Like, that's all he says. That was a really effective, creepy scene, but then you find out later on that that wasn't on purpose. Like, they did a good scene on accident because what they were actually doing is way less cool. What they were actually doing was super Was weird. very, very dumb. I hate this goddamn show. <laughs> Veronica attempts to step in as Archie's girlfriend to be interim student body president. <laughs> But wasn't, because that's how that Wasn't works. she in line to be VP, though? She was his running mate. That was actually a thing. So I okay. thought that that sense of continuation... Well, maybe, maybe, that does, maybe that does make sense, then. But the way that they frame it here is that because I am dating him, yeah. I should be able to step in and, yes, and replace him. that is him. very strange, for sure. And I was like, that is incredibly weird. But Cheryl has already petitioned to be president. Wow. It's just like the real America. <laughs> Cheryl drops the juicy detail that Ethel Muggs was freaking out about a winged creature chasing her at some point, which I love, given where we've been in the book. Also to love, let's be reals, Veronica. I need this presidency for my college applications a lot more than Archie does. And it cuts to Archie in prison. <laughs> I have some notes about that, well, but I can't talk about it until later in the season, and it's oh very upsetting Oh my god, it's so brutal! We'll get it's there. It's so brutal! It's also fun that it's worth noting that this has just become such a standard practice for the show, that we don't even need to draw attention to the fact that this is in the locker room, Cheryl is just wearing a bra, and there's a bright red light shining from her locker onto her. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, the hell portal in... Uh... Charles Locker. Josie yeah, we've, also, we've been through is it. it. Josie's in this scene too, right? Yeah. And she's wearing a leopard print bra. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just also happening. Archie sits with the serpents in the yard who are represented by a guy named Slash. <laughs> and Joachim, who got arrested on Riot Night and is not impressed with Archie's serpent cred. Uh, serpent snake lately, <laughs> I guess. Joachim attempts to put Archie up to playing a round of Shiva Ghouli, uh, claiming that uh, the guards are paid off. Archie refuses. So With what money? How do I mean, lots off? of money goes through real prisons, and and like again, this is just children. a prison. Like, it's, it's there juvie. are juvenile centers that are really close to prisons, though. So it's like as ridiculous as it is, the carceral culture of America actually is this ridiculous. So it's it's. 
it's like uncomfortable. You have a, I have to constantly mediate my urge to make fun of this because what actually happens is like actually this ridiculous and bad. Um, the first clue turns up for Bughead in their investigation, and that is that the creepy mortician's actor <laughs> could take no more, and now he's dead in the show, replaced by his equally creepy son, who is just serving his best riffraff from Rocky Horror look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, loves bribes just like dear old dad, and is equally willing to just... Unethical. To, to vamp unethically about things going on in the morgue. Uh, Dilton is really dead, which eats absolute fucking shit. <laughs> and Carbuncle, or what's his fucking... Curdle? What's his name? Curdle. Dr. Curdle Jr. <laughs> his name tag says Dr. Curdle Jr. Oh my god. <laughs> gotta know. <laughs> he, like, he makes a big show of being like, no, that was my father before me. <laughs> I'm the other <laughs> Dr. Curdle. Yes, I still take your weird, creepy body viewing bribes. Yep, it's excellent. <laughs> he just flat out says out loud that whatever happened here is darker and worse than the bad shit from seasons one and two of Riverdale. <laughs> yep, we're just doing that. <laughs> he does that exact thing. The murder of Jason Blossom, the Black Hood murders, eh. What we're looking at here is the true face of evil. This is the true sicko shit. Uh, (laughs) I hate it. It was uh, real on the nose. Jughead develops his pictures analog in a red dark room because of fucking course he does. Digital? What's that? I still beat off to like ASCII porn typed out of a typewriter. I don't know what year Riverdale is. It's like the whole thing. Like, what year is the town of Riverdale? I don't know. (laughs) Archie plays the guitar for like two seconds in the music room. Completely unsupervised. (laughs) Before a fucking continuity happens, holy shit, and the ghoulies from the season two drag race sting show up and beat the shit out of him and take his shoes. I was shocked. Ghoulies, crap. Like... They're the ones that he screwed over in his stupid plan, and, like, it actually came home to roost. It was shocking. Veronica then visits him in, like, just an exact scene from 90s thriller movies with, like, a visitor's pass and everything. Like, and I and I have to, like, sit here and think, wait, but, but she's a child? These characters are children. What is happening in this with the visitor's pass and the clearly just an actual jail? Yeah. Betty is approached in the blue and gold office by Evelyn, who I guess we are meeting now. Uh, Person from the farm, suddenly inconveniently attending Riverdale High because it's season three now. Uh, She's creepy and Betty leaves. That's that's our scene. Uh, We also then get that Moose's dad is working at the school now, so Kevin still can't have a boyfriend. We're just going to keep going with that. Shit sucks, bro. They call it the RROTC. They do. And I want to know what fucking school, like, includes the school's initial in the initials of ROTC. Like, what? Uh, Why? Schools that that wish to remain legally distinct from reality? Yep. (laughs) Like, that's not not a thing that's ever happened. No one has ever done that. Also, it's (laughs) just really difficult to say. The ROTC. There you go. <laughs> but they don't even say Rotsy. They, they call it R-O-T-I. I, I hate, I hate well, I will be calling it the Rotsy. That's fair. <laughs> I hope that you stick to that. 
Veronica bans Cheryl from Pops as an opening gambit in the student body presidency negotiation. Cheryl suggests that she simply get Archie freed from Juvie instead. (laughs) That's our scene. (laughs) That's easy to do. What's funny about this is Cheryl is talking about the Innocence Project, and she's like, I looked into it when I was accused of JJ's murder. For those ten minutes? (laughs) Yeah, when she said she was guilty at the end of an episode so that she could say, well, of course I'm not actually guilty at the start of the next episode. She was doing a lot of research between those episodes. Yes. (laughs) Indeed. Bughead visit Ben, whose goddamn full name is Benjamin Button. Just gonna let that steep for a second. Okay, uh, visit him in the hospital. His mother is there, regales Bughead with tales of the night terrors, sleepwalking, and assorted other Lovecraftian protagonist ailments that Ben suffered after starting to hang out with Dilton Doily. Uh, there is a Blair Witch stick moment hanging in the room, and Bughead put it together that it was probably Ethel Muggs who left it there. Sheriff Manetta turns up in order to climb directly up Jughead's ass, but it's interrupted by a deputy who informs him that there is a kid from Dilton's Adventure Scouts troop missing. Wow. <laughs> Benjamin Button, just just a reference, because... Yep. Yep. They accidentally named the character Ben at the beginning, and they were like, wait a minute, we can make that into a reference. Fuck yeah! We don't really get much, except, yeah, like, Ethel is the next step in the investigation, because they describe, they sort of vaguely describe the person who left the stick she figure. She has a bow in her hair! Bow in her hair? Well, we know who that She's is. She's the only, only person one. that wears a bow in her hair, so That's it right. has to be Ethel. Yeah, of course. No one else has ever worn a bow. No, no one, Ever. Um, Veronica wants to use Hermione's power as mayor to magically deregulate her founding of a chapter of the Innocence Project and, quote, cut through all that silly red tape, which is the Riverdaleist thing ever. Like, that is the way that Riverdale world building works. Uh, Hermione agrees because she was totally bullshitting Veronica last episode about her being in danger if she angers Hiram. Like, holy shit, wow. She's at least a little bit reluctant about it. Yeah, Veronica has to, like, maybe semi-pout a little. Or something. It's this, it, it all happens in one scene. It really <laughs> she does. She gets what she wants. Not only, like, the Innocence Project, but, like, preferential deregulation by her mother. I'm not coming to you as your daughter. I'm coming to you as a citizen, but also I'm your daughter. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that was a line that was said, and it just, it, five seconds later, it was completely irrelevant. It's fine. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Please for me, Mom? Oh, okay. <laughs> fine. Bughead, good cop, and bad cop Ethel about Dilton, Ben, and the Gargoyle King. We find out that the bunker from Get Out of Town is real. But that Jughead doesn't know about it. Doesn't know about it. We'd have to go back and see if the bunker is only inside, uh, like, Ethel's bizarre internal monologue. I suspect that might be. It might be. Jughead is surprised that Dilton has a secret bunker in the woods, despite having spent a night in Dilton's survival cave structure. Gotcha. Although, funny read, maybe he's amazed that Dilton has two survival shelters, because that's dumb. Yeah, a Uh, little bit. uh, what anyway. am I going to do with all these survival shelters? <laughs> there are survive, too many survival shelters. Yeah, yeah. Dilton with the, the limes in his hand. It's just a bunch of survival yes. shelters. Yeah, And he still died. Yeah, yeah didn't, didn't survive him that well. By killing himself. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimate survival challenge failed. I built the survival materials to survive anything, but I Except could not myself. survive myself. <laughs> 
<laughs> Ethel agrees to let Bughead into the bunker, except only Jughead, except only at night when no one can see them. This'll be fine. Very normal and good. Yep. Archie wants to know why Mad Dog is granted special privileges and doesn't need any gang's protection. But he's all like, you don't want to know. Special privileges, like pinups. Intrigue increases. And a healthy, like, amount of reading material. Like, this this guy is, is getting fucking educated in there. Uh, Big ol' stacks of books. Yeah, that's what those are for. Yep, definitely. Uh, <laughs> F Palace. Confront Bughead about the snooping around Ben Button. Alice drops that Betty had a seizure, which Jughead turns out not to have known about, and FP wrangles Jughead home. Boy. <laughs> boy. Boy, you better come <laughs> on home with me, boy. <laughs> I have a note that's just the word boy in all caps. Yeah. It's, it is I F. missed Jones. him calling Jughead boy. boy. F.P. Jones' signature. Like five times. But also, when he starts calling him boy a lot, I do think, like, I'm just a simple country lawyer, boy. Uh-huh. Also, you uh, play a good game, boy. Color. Advance. DS. Anyway, Veronica gets Archie some new shoes with Reggie's help, I guess. This So that Reggie can be in the episode, I guess. He needs that fucking money. Also, she just skips school. Yeah, because when that's she goes to her true. mom's office, Hermione's like, "Oh, aren't you supposed to be in school right now?" She's like, "I'm doing something important. I'll go later." And then right. she just doesn't. These shoes are flashy and blue and gold, it's and Riverdale. Archie, yeah, Riverdale ass colors. And Archie uses the power of these shoes to make an inspiring speech about well, he, as the newest inmate, just knows that there's a better way to do things than to fight each other. I, if I were Archie, I would have immediately looked at them and said, like, no way in hell am I taking those fucking shoes. You take those shoes fucking back. If you want to give me yeah. shoes, I just need, like, plain little white shitty shoes. Buy me some fucking Toms. I would love to get beaten <laughs> up again. Buy me some fucking Keds. Archie says that if they were all free men, they'd be trying out for sports instead of shiving each other. And the exchange that follows leaves me absolutely speechless, but I'm going to try I my best for everyone. that I had not had this spoiled for me before. I wish that so much. It absolutely obliterated my mind and soul. So he says, yeah, we'd be trying out for sports and clubs and stuff. And this dude, one of the ghoulies, is like, not me. I dropped out in the fourth grade to run drugs to support my Nana. With, like, the most unconvincing delivery ever. Like, like he is being fed these lines and has never acted before. And, like, Archie doesn't even take a beat. And he says, that means you haven't known the triumphs and defeats, the epic highs and lows of high school football. But you will. This is one of those this is one of those things where like it goes so far beyond the reach of parody that all we can do is just tell you what happened. You truly and this guy, by the way, I think it's really important to note that this is a juvenile detention center. This guy looks thirty seven years old. <laughs> He's been and, running drugs since the fourth grade, Quinn. What do you expect? And he honestly, looks, he looks like the love child of Tom Jane and Frankenstein's monster. He's like six eight, and like so. Here's the weird thing. I think that like 
by by like a lot of metrics, this is this is a pretty handsome guy. He's got like a He's particular not bad looking. But also, it definitely looks like somebody took an ice cream scoop to a piece of his chin and just like <laughs> dragged it off. <laughs> Which honestly makes him more distinctive. Yeah, no, nice. he's like, he he looks like a combat homunculus. <laughs> like, not necessarily unattractive, but like, man, that's a harsh and threatening looking he's, dude. He's a little gnarly looking, but it's not, it's not bad, but also he's not a teenager. Even if he has no. been doing drugs since he's eight, like. No, and like, how, how do you drop out of the fourth grade? You just uh, like, stop going, I guess. Like, what? What? And what when the when parents? the truancy cop comes to force you to go to school, you kill them and go on the run. Yeah, because you're a drug dealer now, so you're you're a hardened criminal, even if you're only eight years old. And doing it for your nana. Yeah. Also, like, also, like, what kind of bad business sense is that? Why do you drop out of school if you want to run drugs? School is where you would run your drugs, idiot. It doesn't make any sense. Although, maybe fourth grade wouldn't work for that, because that's when they're going real hard on, like, the dare stuff. Mm. Um, I mean, this guy's nemesis is McGruff, the crime dog. (laughs) Red Ribbon Week is, that's when his sales are lowest, so he decided to just drop out. I don't know. I, it doesn't make any sense. That's the boxing match I want, is this guy versus McGruff the crime dog. <laughs> it's a blood feud. I really this, think- this is not going to be a technical match, let me tell you. I think that's what happened to his chin, is McGruff took a bite out of it. Uh, he Oh, he is crime! <laughs> oh no! That's great! Yeah, so I don't know what this guy's name is, and now I don't need to. His name is Crime. Yeah. (laughs) So that's Archie's fucking plan, to have the convicts play a game of football to prove their humanity. No teams, no ghoulies versus serpents. We'll mix it up. We're going to mix it up. It is teams, but you know what I mean. Mad Dog backs his play and clearly has some sort of secret insight into a, like, underground murder club thing mm-hmm. going on in the prison like the subtext would really like us to know that there's definitely some sort of gnarly ass like murder club there's some sicko shit, shit going on yeah alice apologizes to betty about spoilersing her seizure to jughead shocking betty really. sneaks out to investigate the woods location with jughead and they get menaced by a gigantic totem covered dude it's Great. Pretty striking. That pops. They go over Dilton's map and find the probable location of the bunker, which they could have just done uh, in the first place. I really hate this scene at Pops. Um, it's it it's so poorly lit. Why is Pops so poorly lit? It's a twenty four hour diner. Why are the lights so low? It it's doesn't make sense. And it's almost universally much more well lit. Like you associate, or yeah. they sort of have primed me to associate the interior of Pops with like white shine on the tables, which is then reflecting a bunch of neon back. Like yeah, there's yeah. like Outside. always and, neon in the background of Pops. And the camera angles on Betty specifically are so fucked up in this scene. It they're like from almost directly above her head, so her forehead looks enormous. I don't know. It's it threw me so much, and I can't. I, I again, I've watched this episode three times now, and every time it just throws me so much, and I can't like pay attention to what's happening because the visual aspects of the scene just are so fucking weird to me. It got real janky for a scene. <laughs> it was like they had a 
fisheye lens on Betty, and it was so weird. <laughs> Jughead was like relatively normal, but then it was like Betty's shot, and I couldn't handle it. <laughs> it's five head time. <laughs> we get another Varchi visit. Apparently, just everyone thinks the football game is a super good idea. Yeah, nothing could ever possibly go wrong. And Veronica's brilliant idea is to have the Vixens do a fucking pep rally at the goddamn prison. Yeah, with, with just Josie singing so loud. Everyone is singing well, so loud that they're, we haven't they're, gotten yeah, there we'll, yet. We'll talk about we that in a minute. Oh God, Jesus Christ! There's a lot to uh, get into in that scene. Moose hits pops with the Rotsy guys. Is that right, Quinn? <laughs> Rotsy. <laughs> Yeah, Roxy, guys. Uh, so he is in the closet now, and Kevin is sad. We're just going to keep kicking Kevin in the face, I guess. I'm with like, the guys. Just... I can't. Like, okay. Yeah, like, okay. that's just what we're doing with Kevin now. Mad Dog drops his backstory as he's mysteriously whisked away to definitely a goddamn fucking murder club thing, for sure. Bughead find the bunker, which is full of momets, and they have some X-Files flashlight camera work, like early X-Files episodes. Uh, real, real good. Jughead notices that they have like this small box, not even full, not even half full of miniatures and like a couple of dice. Like this is like the like a, basically a shoebox lid half full of stuff for the game. And he says, Griffins and Gargoyles. Looks like Ben and Dilton were in pretty deep. And I'm like, Jughead... <laughs> Have you seen a person have a hobby before? Right. Because, like... like, Yeah, he's in deep to this sicko shit. Twelve miniatures and three dice is hardly an unmanageable lifestyle decision. I read a relationships post yesterday about a man whose wife was leaving him because he spent $500 a month on Funko Pops. So he said... So, yes... So the he said. The speculation is that it was more than like $500 a week because this dude is clearly like on some other shit with these Funko Pops. But yeah. Also, like I've lived with people who are super into like Warhammer, which is a game that uses a lot of miniatures and 12 is not that many at all. No. <laughs> not no, even close not. to a lot. That's that's a laughable amount. Yes, it's it's that's that through line of like the people who write the show not knowing how any of the things that they are making a show about work and not bothering to try to find out. Um, I need to point out that they have a copper coin, miniatures, cards, and dice. What is this game? Well, we're going to find out. We're going to find out a lot more about this next episode. And the next thing they find is Fresh Aid. Arlie, update your, oh, you know, with no, no, RROTC. No, I, I and... have. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Fresh Aid and Cyanide and, like, a poster that is... A helpful visual aid, I guess, right. that says drink from the correct cup and ascend to the kingdom. Like, why Very does this normal. poster exist when the, I don't, they have the rules of the game. Why is there a poster that has, I, uh, and they just want to make sure that you really know. Yeah, it's a helpful visual aid for the fucking as audience. Well I know. know. Like, as you well know. They say, so it was suicide, but Jughead's like, or something more insidious. Thanks, Jughead. 
I love how it is... they just really have to have the characters say out loud to make sure that the that the audience really knows the implications that they're trying to make. They just gotta oh. say them out loud just for good measure. It is as wild as them going to Dr. Curdle Jr. and saying, so do you think that it was a murder? And him looking at them and going, well, there was some distress on the bodies. And he pulls back the thing to reveal yeah. the scarified runes. And he goes, runic, I'd say. Exactly. Runic, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, he just like, he is on that Lovecraft protagonist shit. Like, whole hog. But this thing is just about as, like, helpful. Yeah. Uh, the adventure scout jump scares them from under a cot. This little kid's been living off canned beans in the bunker the whole time. Is his face dirty or is he wearing face paint? He's wearing camouflage face paint. That's, yeah. I thought that it was camouflage face paint, but I wasn't sure if it was also just them (laughs) really fucking it up. (laughs) I mean, it could be a little bit of both. He's been missing for a little while. Turns out he was instructed to remain in the bunker until Master Doily came back. And Ethel, meaning Ethel was in on a kidnapping. (laughs) Uh, Ethel, Ben, and Dilton kidnapped a kid. Why? By the way, like, even within the frame of this fiction, why? Like, what? They say, like, oh, they were grooming him to play the game? Uh, Yeah, I guess to indoctrinate them in their weird little cult. Uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, I I don't know. You take one of the kids that venerates Dilton... Perhaps just... three is the uh, ideal party size for the game. And they knew I... that one of them would die during the ascension. I don't, so I don't even fucking know. I, I don't even it. know. But they both got, po- they both drank poison. There was no correct cup. Two people got poisoned. Like, they don't even bother making it make sense between one episode and the next. No, they, they don't. Why would they? It's Riverdale. No. Football time! <laughs> <laughs> They don't have pads, which is, like, maybe a bit obviously dangerous, even for a corrupt juvenile prison. <laughs> Just they, football like, with no pads. It it's great. Yeah, and they're like, oh, sucks without pads, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> And Jesus is like, nah, I'm chilling. Fine, it's fun. Yep. yep. Uh, the Vixens then show up, completely derailing the football game, with some choreographed <laughs> dancing to Jailhouse Rock, and, like, folks, they are so... So compressed and amplified. It is like a wrecking ball of vocal Every smashing into your face. Everything about There's this is no bad too. Possible way. Like the the sound is mixed horribly, and honestly, the choreography is lacking. It's the, not that interesting. It's really sort of just like phoning it in. I just But it's so loud. And with the vocals There's... being that like overprocessed and super loud. It feels like the vocalists are also phoning it in. Like, why yeah. are you fucking bass boosting someone singing in a monotone? <laughs> it's so bad, and I don't know. This is not the first like... step in our journey of weird sound design for music stuff in this show. The Carrie the musical games. episode was bad. <laughs> I just, uh, I don't know. Maybe there are other instances where, like, it it's possible that theoretically the characters are mic'd. And that's why their voices come through. Not here. Music. But not Some here. Side of the fucking road. This, it doesn't make any sense. I I don't. It's so bad. We need to talk about what happens here. Oh, no. Fair. Very fair. There's a yeah. hun- <laughs> There's a hundred boys when they start dancing, right? <laughs> that, yep. That's five score. hundred Five score boys go up to the fence and start rattling it. And then after they rattle it, they all start humping. Like, 
they're all trying to fuck the fence. And it's just like, yep. And someone's like, and Archie's like, that's my well, girl. Yeah, no, someone's like, Ahuga, who's that? And Archie's like, that's my girl. <laughs> yeah, I think each of these boys represents a sperm cell, and the fence is like the the border of the egg. Uh, I've got nothing. I, personally, if I were putting on a performance and my audience all started trying to fuck the chain link fence that I was performing in front of, I would immediately declare this canceled. I'm like, this is yeah. over. You've ruined no, they it. Seem, they seem pleased that they get this reaction. So take take that for what you will. Hiram rolls up, just fucking rolls up on the prison in his car to warn Veronica not to do the cheerleading thing, which she just ignores. And like the song isn't finished. This happened during the song somehow, and the song just starts back up again, and they finish the song. She, like, ran away during someone else. I think Cheryl was singing, maybe, and she, like, sees Hiram, and she runs away with a little pom-pom on her shoes, and uh, I hate- I, There's so much- there's so many details about this that I can't deal with. I don't know where I was yep. going with that. I'm just upset about the whole thing. No, I mean, that's very fair. It's all very upsetting. <laughs> And, like, it's it's all tuned to a sexuality that I have no relationship to. It's it's This show is about horny teenagers, and I'm not a horny teenager anymore, so I can't relate to it. Even when I was a horny teenager, though, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have clicked with that. Like, it is just, it's speaking this erotic language that is completely <laughs> indecipherable to me. So, Quinn, what you're saying is Riverdale, in many ways is like the science fiction film Arrival. Yes. It's just horny it's Arrival. It's horny Arrival. Okay. And right. I am not going to be Amy Adams in this situation. That's fair. I accept that. Um, Hiram gives a signal and the warden calls for the security guards who are equipped more like riot cops to just beat the shit out of everyone and say that it's a riot. And like, plausible. Totally yeah, plausible. Like, really... it's a riot! It's okay that we're beating kids up! Like, that is it's, enough justification to home, given all in this world, everything. but like, yeah. I gotta point out, let's think about this for a second. How big of a fucking loser is Hiram Lodge? Oh, a huge loser. Mm -hmm. Like, what is his ego? Well, this is a very... What is his fucking he's problem? He's supposed to be like a crime lord and he's out here fucking with his daughter's boyfriend because he doesn't like him. Like, his no, obsession this... with teen boys is beyond the like beyond the event horizon of like being pathological. This is by all accounts though a very natural extension of what we saw early in season two when he felt the need to physically dominate Archie through wrestling. Yeah, the Wrestle yeah. Boys episode. Yeah, it's so just he, it is just it is not gotten less sad in the interim. No, it's incredibly no, sad. It hasn't. Also, like you've owned him. Someone like, needs to talk to this guy, but I guess he's rich, so like you can't. Um, you can't. Um, also, the guards are dressed like Nazis. I don't know if anyone else uh, noticed that, but they they super are. They're just very evocative of um, sure that whole thing. Just. But Mad Dog's it. stuff is all gone from the cell, and the guard claims he died in the riot despite not being there. And, like, this is another scene where it's like, oh, wow, that's almost like a good bit of storytelling where it's, like, spooky. But, you know, you know it's not going to fucking matter in a minute. Veronica laments that she's banned from the prison, and Cheryl uh, gives her a fake ID hookup. More on that in a little bit. 
uh, Bughead Grill Ethel, and she's just a living, breathing chick tract at this point. Like, oh, I can't tell what's the game and what's real. Ah. And she has a seizure. And Evelyn is just, sure, looming spookily nearby. Well, and God, the jerk that Ethel does when she... Oh, with the starts, hand. Yeah, and... she like throws her hand up in like a claw. <laughs> she does, like, the well, okay, I I hate to I, I hate just to make the this microphone worse. while I was trying to make a claw. By the way, I I hate to make this worse, but I'm about to make this worse because there's a very exact reason why that happened. Do either of you know what it is? Is it a reference no. to some Stephen King movie? It's a reference to the film The Exorcist. Ah, where while being interviewed by someone or other uh little reagan has her hand like perched all weirdly like that in a very stiff and unnatural way for like a long period of time well i'm just disappointed i guess that it wasn't an adaptation of a stephen king novel correct that would be nicole ostow's route i suppose yeah, partial credit she, at best. She also um, says that they can't talk to grown-ups, which I feel like is really weird phrasing. For like, because like the children are so adultified in this show. Yeah, like they're they're not like little kids; they're not adults, but they're like sixteen. I didn't know any sixteen-year-olds who said grown-ups. Like, I don't know. I, it was just very. It struck me as very, very weird for how the way these kids usually act. Yeah. Like, Ethel sabotaged, was it Veronica's presidential campaign in the prior season? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 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 And, I don't know, that doesn't strike me as, like, the same kind of person who'd be like, oh no, we can't talk to grown-ups. I don't know, it's just really weird yeah. to me. Yes. But obviously there's a poisoning plot having to do with the farm, you, you would think, because of Ethel having the same thing happen to her that happened to Betty earlier. Uh, we'll probably develop that more later. Veronica shows up in an unbelievably obvious disguise to visit Archie in jail uh, because this show is the stupidest thing that has ever existed. Uh, She's got like the bandana over, like a big sunglasses, obvious wig, like it is. It's bad. Um, She can just still visit him because nothing matters. And she's Monica Posh now. Yeah, indeed. Kevin joins Razzi. He rolls up completely dressed and is like, hey, can I join? Which seems to me to imply, like, you have to get those Razzi clothes from somewhere. Yeah, you'd think. Homemade cosplay, I guess. (laughs) What a fucking concept. Yeah. Uh, The warden then visits Archie and drafts him into an underground murder club. So there you go. Hermione then assembles basically the who's who of, like, Riverdale parents. It was a spooky PTA. Uh, yeah. Because apparently they vowed to keep an old secret buried, having to do with the manner of Dilton's death and Ben's coma. The fact that Fred and Hiram were on the same team with this is fucking amazing. Uh, but the soap opera-ness of this plot intersection is breathtaking. But we don't get anything else uh, with, with this here. Clearly, they're going to keep us in suspense. Bughead vowed to demystify the seizures as well as the Gargoyle King shit. They decide to visit Ben, who's perched in his high-up window. He blissfully defenestrates himself, rhapsodizing about reuniting with his friends in the kingdom episode ends like like with a real the real bang there yeah so that happened (laughs) that's the end of the episode which means that it's time for us to start talking about our river do's river don'ts and weekly weirds so let's start with the river do's as this week's host 
it is my job to lead the pack. And I will say, my Riverdew is basically everything about this gargoyles, griffins and gargoyles. Excuse me, I just burped. Uh, everything about this... Holy shit, my... <laughs> I, like, I haven't eaten food in, like, six hours, but I'm burping like a motherfucker. Um... <laughs> Motherfuckers known for their burping. <laughs> this entire Griffins and Gargoyles plotline is, it's like, it's arch as hell. Like, it's incredibly just operatic in all of potentially the worst ways, but I cannot <laughs> help but love it. It's its easily the most interesting thing that's going on, even as mired as it is in 40-year-old assumptions about role-playing games. So, I don't know, I just... It's hard not to like it. I, I would tend to agree. My Riverdew is connected to this. Uh, it is that it is part of this plot line, but it's a more specific moment or a specific creative choice, which is the entire second to last scene of the episode. The fact that the fucking adults in Riverdale have something to do with the Dungeons and Dragons game that's killing people. And they have like this ancient secret that they have like vowed to never reveal about each other with it is so fucking exciting to me because the best moments of all of Riverdale are when like the adults plots and the kids plots have like interface of some sort. I'm so excited about where this could be going. Like this intersection yeah. of, of adults with, with G&G. Like, the fact that we're gonna find out about the parents' like, secret shame of the past playing role-playing games as part of like a murder plot in the present? Holy shit! I'm looking forward so much to exploring this more. That's my Riverdew. Hands down. Um, my Riverdew is the, the exchange of I dropped out in the fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> to run drugs to support my nana. I cannot sit through that scene without laughing my ass off. Yeah, I I might have put that in weekly weird, but I respect the That's choice. Fine. I respect the boldness to say <laughs> there's this is uncontestably the best away, thing my... about this episode. There's some permeability between uh weekly weird and the other two sections. Oh, absolutely. Like the other yeah. two uh absolutely. categories. It's it's not shaming or like saying you should have done this. I think no. it's <laughs> genuinely it genuinely whips ass that you made that choice. It's far and away my favorite part of the episode. It was quite singular, for sure. So now it's time for River Don'ts. And as with my River Do, this is kind of a more broad scale thing, which is like the politics and the overall structure of this prison are bananas. Yes. <laughs> Just completely bananas. And like, I don't even, I don't have a good point of entry for dissecting this. Like, they go in, they powder you up like a donut. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, they have a weird illegal fighting ring. Um, like, you're my new mad dog. The, like, the yard politics are weird. Everything about it is just completely fucked. Um, I do also want to make a side note and like a shout out here to there's a scene where I think, yeah, it has to be in this episode. There's a scene in this episode where Archie is doing push-ups while Mad Dog is doing dips in their cell. Yep. 
And it just, every time I watch that scene, I am taken aback by the fact that, and like, as an actor, I understand it. But Archie's doing like quarter push-ups. He's not doing a full push-up. And like, that's fine, except the end of the scene, Archie goes all the way back up. Like, he he exits the push-up position and like, goes all the way up. And it's like, why are you, why, why did you do that? <laughs> just to fuck with you specifically. Because, like, yeah, like, if you're if you're going to have to do multiple takes of this for God knows how many hours, you don't necessarily sure. want to sit there and, like, be doing these full push-ups. But then, like, it just, like, it breaks the illusion when he goes all the way up. Yeah, you got you got to really trust the DP if you're going to be <laughs> there on camera just ripping burpees. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, My River Don't is actually quite connected to that as well. Actually, just following in our theme, it's on that same wavelength, but is a more specific moment, which is that when Archie gives his, like, inspiring speech about there has to just be a better way than fighting each other in a jail that's run by gangs, that anything other than him just getting his ass kicked happens. (laughs) Like, that everyone's like, yeah, this new guy's right. What if we just didn't fight each other? Like... I know that there's a lot of unbelievable shit in Riverdale, but that was just so far beyond, like, suspension of disbelief. Hey, gangbangers, let's just be nice instead of mean. And they're like, oh, wow, that's a good idea. Like, holy shit, that was really fucking stupid. Uh, My River Don't is the locker room confrontation, just because I'm pretty sure those only happen so that we can have the, uh... The busty members of the cast wearing just their bras, and it really bothers me that this is such a thing. Um, I just, I've gotten to the point where anytime it happens, I'm just pissed off. It's like a stock shot for the show now. Like, that's just one of the shots we do in Riverdale. And I hate it. I despise it. It's bad. It's, It's bad. The only thing that really saves those scenes for me is the fact that there's this big, giant red hell portal in Cheryl's locker. Yep, that's it. That's the only good part, because, of course, she has a giant red light in her locker. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it is pretty damning that, like, there are some scenes where it makes sense that the story progresses in that locker room. And then there are scenes where it could have been anywhere, but it's in the locker room anyway. And, like, that's really a problem. And probably three quarters of the scenes that happen in there don't need to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, well, like, it's it's irrespective episode, of whether, like, it makes sense to be there. In the first episode, we had Betty and Veronica in their swimsuits and then later in their underwear when the couples were fucking in the woods because that's what they do. Um, or not in the woods, but at the Sweetwater swimming hole, whatever. Um, but we didn't have that this episode. So we had to get the, the boobies in somewhere else. And I just hate that. I really hate it. Well, and the whole prison is just look at these boys. Right. Yeah. Like, and and nothing else. Yeah. And in the prison, like, the extent to which Mad Dog is shredded is fucking <laughs> is, insane. It is mind-boggling. How, that is like, not he, what teenagers he, look like. No. He looks like if I ran into him, I would be cut. <laughs> yeah. His abs are so sharp. <laughs> he has, like, 2% body fat. Yeah, it's, if that, it's, it's, it's a horrifying. Lot. Uh, it takes a long time to, like, e- like, even with help, it takes a long time to develop something like that. Like, you, you're not a teenager. Like, yeah. No. Anyway. Yeah. So now it's on to everyone's favorite segment, the weekly weird. Yay! And for me, I think the entire Jailhouse Rock segment was... <laughs> incomprehensible but specifically (laughs) the point where they all start trying to fuck the fence 
just it sent me over the fucking line. It sent me over the line, and I can't do it. Like it was That's too much. Fair. It was too much, especially because Archie's like they show Archie in there. He's being like smushed as all these boys are trying to fuck the fence, and mm. as they're enthusiastically going like, "Who's that?" And it's just it's uh, weird. Ooga. It's really weird. It's really bad i know the teenage boys are horny but it's still really bad i don't know how to choose <laughs> I, uh like it's connected to my river down with just the way that the prison just stops working like a prison whenever it needs to i'll say like maybe the runner-up weekly weird is just veronica's unbelievably obnoxiously obvious ex- disguise and that it works <laughs> And that she can just keep visiting him, like, with no interruption, uh, despite being banned. But but my real weekly weird... I mean, I'm gonna level with you folks. It's gonna have to be the, like, powdered sugar bukkake that happens at the very beginning of the episode. <laughs> it's like, wild! I, Mother, like... You can't I can't. <laughs> no, he's not just, just saying, saying things. things. That's what it's part is. of this show. I know you're right, but, like... I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> it's, I just, I can't, I can't get past it. I can't make my peace with it. That's Very my weekly weird. weird. Um, Mine is that Archie was just completely unsupervised in the music room. Like, he's ostensibly in a prison. And I was given to believe that, yes. And he's, there's just, he's just the only person in there. I feel like that's super weird. And then they let like a bunch of ghoulies in there. Yeah, and then he went, ah, crap, dang it, is the ghoulies. (laughs) Ah, crap, dang it. (laughs) But yeah, he says ghoulies, crap, and that's all I could think of. And I just, Mm. why was he alone? What, it doesn't make any sense. Even in, like, a regular music room in, like, a school, a child would not be completely unsupervised. Freaking ghoulies. The only possible explanation is that this is part of a play by the warden to, like, make Archie desperate enough uh, to take him up on his offer later. But, like, that's very charitable. Just you wait to see the lengths he goes (laughs) next episode. They thought about it. Yeah, like, and obviously, yeah, with what he does next episode, it's like, well, like, this wouldn't even matter. Like, this would have no possible impact. Who cares? But yeah, that's that's our episode. That is, in fact, our episode. I'm glad that Riverdale is bringing it again. Really hitting full force with this one after kind of a tepid start. Yeah, very lukewarm beginning of this season, but they amended their ways quickly. So that gives me some hope. That gives me some something to look forward to as we continue on this journey. With that being said, for River Do's and River Don'ts, I've been Quinn. I've been Rib. I've been Arlie. <laughs> good night and good luck. <laughs> I cannot see Jingle Jingle without thinking of Ham Shoes, which was from season two, I think. Yep, yep, um, Ham Shoes. Like, early in season two, and I sometimes I just think about Ham Shoes for no mm-hmm. reason at all. Yeah, that one has stuck with me. It's really good. You could get Ham Shoes as <laughs> Nucktacks. What's the Ham's house? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh god
this hurts. This hurts a lot. <laughs> you know this is my special talent. <laughs> Every phrase that passes through my brain goes through a Can it be Nuktat's filter? Yeah, it's uh is it eight letters? Good. <laughs> is it sixteen letters? Also good. Is it ten letters? Also good. Those are for the toes. Your brain is like a <laughs> syphilitic prospector just panning every sentence for gold. Yeah. 